0: Group accountability is an act of symbiosis, which I think is an important note. Is like one member can, can't thrive without the others. You know, a, an accountability group is really a team effort. Like, sure, I'm in it for the benefits of myself, but I'm also a part of it for the benefit of Jacob and Keaton in this case. Hey, Grinder,
1: my name is Jacob. And in 2019, I miserably failed to achieve my goals. As a result, I set out to create a goal-oriented accountability group with my friends, Keaton and Ben. Our group has benefited so much from our weekly meetings that we decided we could not keep it to ourselves. This is Strictly Business, an accountability podcast composed of a dirty capitalist, a mountain climbing basketball coach, and an offbeat filmmaker who are actively seeking out the best ideas and strategies to aid us and you on our journey in accountability and the pursuit of
2: personal success. Well, welcome to the podcast, Grinder. <laughs> welcome in. Dan, uh, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Um, alright, alright, I'm going to try that. <laughs> try that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to Strictly Business, the podcast, Grindr. We're yeah, welcome. Back. Yeah, wel- welcome. We are back this week. If you listened last week, we really established what this season four is all about, and we are fixing new year's resolutions fix it and our first topic to kind of really kick things off is what, what you probably guessed it accountability Woo. and it turns out there's a whole a whole lot to know about accountability and how it relates to us uh peers in you know in a friendly setting before we can really even move forward and start uh getting real specific about how to do the best achieving your goals like how to deal with you know all the other cool topics we have to cover in the future
1: right we uh we made like high school musical and we stuck to the stuff we know for our first week and we're doing accountability so and i I don't want to
0: say that we're experts on accountability by any measure but i mean we're pretty pretty dang dang close close, yeah We're,
1: we're as close as you can get while still being an amateur
3: uh what what is accountability that's where the editing team comes in that's our guest, Chase. Hey, Chase, what does accountability mean to you? Accountability means realizing that I am sometimes need help sticking to the things that I say I'm going to do. It doesn't always work for a person to just keep it all to themselves, at least for me.
2: I'm all about breaking the law. And this is Ben's accountability partner for season four,
0: Sam. Accountability to me means following through on wrongdoings or, in this sense, goals um, and holding myself accountable. I know you can't use a word in the word you're trying to define in the definition, but hey,
4: I'm recording.
2: And this is my accountability partner for season four, Ren.
4: Yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, describe it without using the, the word itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think to me, it's it's like a support system. That's, I think that's the best way to, to put it, it for me. Uh, it's just, it's like a way to create better habits. It's a lot of supporting and, and also calling out, you know? So like encouragement and then also, hey, like you didn't do that and you should have done that. You know, so not. I think, yeah, so I think to me, accountability, like you have to be able to at least somewhat trust the person that they're going to call you out. And that if you call them out, they're not going to like throw a fit.
0: Webster's defines accountability as the quality or state of being accountable, an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility for one's actions. And in this case, accountability is the quality of taking personal responsibility for your decisions and actions by sharing them with a trusted partner.
1: It's not something you want to use to punish yourself or others, or uh, or give out unwarranted criticism. Um, I think it's more of a, a device for growth, feeding mutual trust, care, and self awareness. Which I wrote, and I, I strongly believe that.
0: I also want to mention Jacob. It's also a state of mind, and it's uh, fueled by the desire to live intentionally and grow strategically. So I think you know we all have standards that we want to live by, and accountability is all about um, you know self accountability is all about holding yourself to those standards but the accountability we're gonna gonna go into is uh, partnered accountability.
2: Exactly, and so to kind of move forward, I really want you to imagine yourself in this scenario. Imagine that you are in a meeting and it's a fishbowl format. You are in the center of the circle and you are surrounded by a group of your peers, your teachers, advisors, family members, You are in high school, you're in the middle of the circle because you're expected to give a presentation reflecting on yourself as a learner, proving your readiness for the next academic chapter of your life. Your ability to graduate from this high school depends on everybody in the circle standing in support for you after your presentation. If everybody stands up, they believe that you've done the best job you can to reflect on your past and move forward effectively. And if they don't stand, it's because they don't believe that. This is something that they do at the Life Academy of Health and Bioscience in Oakland, California. It's a ritual they do called the Fire Walk. And it is a ritual they do to to create a setting for peer accountability in their high school. And we found a study done by Scope. It's actually the Stanford Center for Opportunity Policy and Education. And in the study, they used interview, observation, and survey data. So we are going to move forward and reflect on on this study. The Life Academy's mission? Dramatically interrupt patterns of
1: injustice and inequity for undeserved communities in Oakland. They do this through transformative learning experiences focused on health, medicine, and bioscience. And these students are engaged in learning and inspired to acquire the skills, knowledge, and habits necessary to succeed in college and careers in the medical field. The priorities of the school are presenting challenging academic content and skills, peer collaboration, real-world experience, and seeing adults as mentors and resources related to personal Goal setting. Mm. Sounds pretty familiar. It does
0: sound familiar.
1: So the school has three paths that it leads these students down. And the first is medicine. The second is health. And the third is biotechnology. And the school uses um, a variety of different methods to get those students there that are different than other schools. So the first is that they set up internships for the students. There is a lot of education personalization. There is also cross disciplinary projects public demonstrations of mastery, college preparation, and group work. What does that mean?
2: The way they actually implement their curriculum is a focus on the student. It's actually just called student-centered learning. It's really a philosophy. All efforts funnel towards the student's success. And they use a specific education model called the linked learning education model.
1: There's two main... Parts of the linked learning education model. So the habits of mind are effective communication, professionalism, perspectives, evidence, and logical reasoning and analysis. And then the habits of work are the focus and precision, organization, revision, cooperation, and effort. So this is basically like what the school is, uh, like the habits of mind in particular, what they're like grading these children on. And it, there's obviously still doing grades, it's still school, but they're built into the curriculum is being judged on their communication, their professionalism, their perspectives, and their logical reasoning and
2: analysis. And it actually amounts to some significant results, right, Ben?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, all the, what all this does is, you know, what they found is it significantly betters graduation, uh, as well as California Public University qualification, as well as attendance, um, so more, more kids are are qualified to go to school as well as are actually going to school, uh, nearly 50% of graduates working, uh, report taking on leadership positions. Uh, so, so this definitely better prepares them to go ahead and be leaders in their industry in whatever context that may be. And then another result, um, that's, that's pretty dramatic is, uh, 88% of life academy students agree with the statement. I will, I believe I will be able to reach my goals. Compared to just fifty nine percent of students in a reference group combined within the same school district, so I want to point out this isn't some hoity-toity community that maybe is is different than than most of the uh, the other public schools or school districts within California. That that the eighty eight percent to fifty nine percent is taken between the same school district,
2: and it is important to. Remember that this school is definitely not hoity-toity. They really they take in really underserved uh, community members. Uh, some good notes. A actual majority of their parents um, either didn't complete high school or didn't further their education beyond high school. Uh, they come from lower rungs on the socioeconomic ladder, and so to me that seems like really significant results. Definitely, uh, yeah. For for the community that they're serving. And looking at those results, how do they do it? Well, certain habits and interests are fostered, fostered by the school or actually utilized by the students. So 60% of graduates are actually pursuing a major in college related to their focus that they chose while they were at Life Academy. And nearly 66% of students are utilizing academic support services while they're in college because Life Academy really facilitates seeing adults as mentors, like we said earlier. Each student also has a dedicated advisor whom they meet with for four days a week for 45 minutes each session. And I remember, honestly, when I went to high school, my advisor didn't even have the time for that. that. There's a huge emphasis on the student's relationship with their mentor their mentor or advisor tracks their growth as they go through school and they're a liaison for communication between the parents, the students and the teachers. And this basically forces and facilitates student accountability while they reflect on the student's performance uh, and alter things moving forward. Uh, The advisor is also seen just as a huge uh, source of support. Another interesting thing about this school is that the teachers are held accountable the student's success. So while in most schools teachers make unilateral decisions across the student body as they alter their curriculum, at Life Academy the solutions are actually co-constructed by the teachers and students to fit the student's needs. Specific rituals are also designed to put the kids out of their comfort zone as they go through the school and it allows them to face their difficulties. These experiences are usually metaphoric and used to demonstrate to the students that many of the challenges they feel that they face are actually all mental. And the students are faced with actually helping each other overcome their mental hurdles to reach their full potential. Life Academy has specific values that they facilitate. Honesty, vulnerability, caring, collective strength, and mutual responsibility for one another is paramount. They have a constant act of rebalancing to help the students achieve their best success. So the curriculum is actually often redeveloped to fit the student's needs. So if an internship changes uh, one year over the previous year, then they actually might redevelop the classes uh, curriculum and focus so it applies more specifically to the course. So really we just see like this school that truly puts the student at the center of the experience. And they let li- they live that every day and it really helps them achieve the results that they achieve.
0: What's important though, uh, from all that is like, you know, the mission of the school literally is just encouraging students to reach their full potential. And, you know, you mentioned the, the, the teachers have that accountability. Like that is their one mission is to try to get, and, you know, as a coach, I can relate to this is, you know, the whole mission in coaching is to get your team or individual players to reach their full potential. Um, but that's their one focus. They're not worried about maybe standardized testing as much. They're not worried about, uh, you know, attendance or whatever it is. It's it's just whatever it takes to get the child to reach their full potential. And then along with that though, um, because that's the mission of the school, the entire school is kind of an accountability group because, you know, as a student, you, you are partly responsible for helping another student reach their full potential just through the process of accountability that they have set up. And so, it it helps that it's a small school because it's more able to be on that personal basis, but the whole school kind of acts as an accountability group. When you hear an accountability group, you're probably
1: wondering how can we apply this? How can we apply this to an accountability group? And we actually, we asked that question as well. So very intuitive of you you, listener. Um, And we, we did some research. we looked at some research for the association of talent development. And we found some, some very interesting things about how accountability can help you achieve your goals. So just going in order here, if you have an idea or goal, you are 10% more likely to complete that goal. Just to have, if you have it, you're like, okay, there's a 10% chance you're gonna complete it. If you consciously decide that you will do it, you say to yourself, I am going to do this, you have a 25% chance to do it, which is low. If you decide when you're going to do it, that will jump up to 40%. There's a 40% chance you'll complete it. If you create a plan on how you're going to do it, it's still only 50%. Committing to someone else that you will do it bumps it up to 65%. And then what this school is doing, having a specific accountability appointment with someone you've committed to jumps all the way up to 95%. They have four meetings a week with their advisors, and then they do these firewalks. They are tapping into this research by the Association for Talent Development, And they realize that it increases the likelihood of people achieving their goals to 95 percent, where instead of just planning to do it, it's only 50 percent. So this is a huge deal.
2: It's a huge deal. So obviously we just went through all this data, uh, two different uh, two different forms of research, and we see how it applies to the Life Academy of Health and Bioscience in Oakland. But how does it work with a group of friends? We actually asked our guests for season four if they thought that signing a social contract with their friends would help them improve their goal achievement.
0: No, because I feel like we'd let each other down.
3: I can live so often based on fear or I can be paralyzed by fear in so many ways. And I have so many goals that I know. 100 percent are achievable. It scares me so much Because I know that there are so many people who go through their entire life with goals that because they never finally got their stuff together, they never achieve them. A lot of the times I'll slip or slide if nobody else knows that I'm doing something. So it's just nice to have somebody else that knows that you're doing that thing too and can celebrate the success or can help you move on from the losses and not dwell on it so much.
4: I think it's made me more aware of, of things that I want to improve upon and become better at and, and the things that I actually do want to form habits with, not just, Oh yeah, I should be active. Okay, we're gonna go be active. You know what I mean? I think it, it adds like a structure to what I try to already do with myself, but don't always do like a great job.
0: You know, we all obviously want to be autonomous. Um, and be the champion of our own decisions. But in that, long-term friends can begin to recognize negative patterns that maybe you wouldn't see and kind of help you along with your personal growth. And I think that, you know, that's certainly relevant in our accountability group where, you know, I think we're all able to offer different perspectives that maybe we can't see from our own perspective about maybe how to set a goal better or um just other areas in life that could, could use improvement.
1: Right, and I, the second thing is... I think just put putting yourself back in that situation again, where you're surrounded by your peers, and they have to decide whether or not you're going to like move forward. That that's intense, and that could really mess with your mess with your ego. Um, so I think something this school does really well, and something that is super important that carries over to a group of friends is you have to check your internal ego. So you have to make sure you can manage the way you receive and process feedback, because being in an accountability group, you're not always going to be getting good feedback from your friends. It's uh, sometimes there's some tough love and being able to accept that is huge for having a successful accountability group.
2: Way back in the day when Ren and I worked together, she actually had to call me out on my bullshit once and I had to reflect on it. I think I was kind of drunk. Yeah, it was when I think
4: uh, it, I don't remember it
2: was when you took my skateboard and you were just being like playful.
4: When you were a total dick.
2: Yeah, 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 and I like, I like ran up and snatched it from you and just like skated off, and and you were like, what, what the fuck was that? And I was oh like, yeah, I
4: think I saw you work the next day, and I was like, well yeah, what was that?
2: Yeah, I was like, you know, I don't know, like, sorry. <laughs> but hey, you know
4: back. what? I never touched your your skateboard again. I was like, not nah, get that thing away from me. I don't want to I don't want anywhere near
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that's not where we want to be, though. You know,
4: wherever if we're ever
2: in close proximity again, you want it, you want it, you want to use the skateboard. You're welcome to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll probably break my face if I try. So,
2: as it was said, they see things about uh, you and your behaviors in life that maybe you're too close to and you don't recognize. And so, in that, peer accountability becomes a key practice for maintaining healthy relationships. Honestly, it's super important to create healthy platforms to hold each other accountable for things external to our relationship. Practicing creative and effective communication styles for the person you're holding accountable is really important because everybody changes. Everybody is different, they're unique. Before offering hard criticism or feedback to a friend uh, relating to something personal in their lives, it could be good to ask some more questions about the situation to understand it fully. Even in that, just developing specific communication styles that work for that person receiving the feedback is super important.
1: In a group with your friends, you're doing this because you love, you love your friends and you want them to be better. So that's what this is all about. Like everything you, sh- every like criticism, every praise should be coming from a place of a lot of love and support and wanting them to be better. So I think that's just a good thing to remember at this point is like, yeah, obviously you have to check your ego. It's all about maintaining healthy friendships. And that's what this is all about. It's all about the love and building other people up.
0: If I'm in an accountability group, you know, my decision is final in a healthy relationship and accountability. Like your accountability partners will respect your decision. So if Keaton, and this actually happened in our accountability group, is you know early on, probably two months in, I took a week off, and there was some pushback from you guys. Like you guys didn't want me to take that week off. And in the end, though, I kind of just like stood my ground. I was like, I'm really stressed out. I can't handle goals. Like I'm gonna take this week off, and you guys obviously allowed me to do that. But having that accountability there in the first place brought me back the next week. Like I didn't want to bail or flake on our accountability group because you know I obviously respect and appreciate you guys. And it would it would feel like I would be letting you guys down if I did, you know, stop doing stop doing goal setting uh, in our accountability group. So, you know, I think you got like in that in that case, it's important that you guys do offer pushback because maybe I need that to keep going. But at the same time, if if I'm really adamant enough about something, uh, it should be my my final decision, obviously, since, you know, it's it's the decision affects me.
1: This Something the school does really well that was interesting to me was the rebalancing and like the changing of curriculum to fit the student needs. And I think that really applies to accountability groups, because not any accountability group is going to be the same. And I know that ours has changed drastically from when we first started. So being able to look back and be like, huh, did that work? Like, did we not like doing this? Being able to like look back and then change it as you go along is super important.
2: So you started an accountability group. What now?
0: I think like number one is it's important to make sure the effective goal setting is being done. And and I kind of, I, I I have trouble balancing this in my own accountability groups because I don't want to be too domineering over how, you know, my accountability buddies are setting their goals. But also I think it's really important that people are setting what's called SMART goals, an acronym, um S-M-A-R-T, for uh, specific goals, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And this is by no means like a, a new idea or anything like that. But it's just a, a helpful acronym to make sure that, you know, w- the goals that you're setting, there's a specific way um, to know that you did it as well as to measure it. And then along with that is it's realistic. You know, I'm not going to try to say, you know, create a, an entire musical album in one week. Um, and so just making sure that, that you're not setting yourself up for failure through your goal setting.
1: Right. And then I think once you've set those those goals, hopefully they're smart goals. The, the key is to evaluate them and look mm-hmm. back. Um, and there are two forms of evaluation that successful people use. And Keaton is going to knock your socks off with these.
2: <laughs> so in your evaluation process, it's really important to have something that I call analytical grit. So, you know, let's just think about this like a business for a second. You know, you, if you're in a corporate setting, it's uh, really common for you to be evaluated as an employee. And in this process, uh, your manager is the one who needs that analytical grit because when when they are reviewing your performance, the analytical grit comes down to holding their employee accountable and not letting poor performances to be unfairly inflated. And after reflecting on, you know, where did things go right? Where did things go wrong? Asking, how can performance, how could performance have been better? How can we actually improve this process moving forward? And the second key quality of evaluation is to evaluate uh, the performance measures themselves. So what actual performance indicators are you looking at to measure success? Are you measuring the right things Were your expectations too high or too low? After this reviewing process, you can actually look at those performance measures and adjust them to give a better valuation the next time you approach it. Applying this back to the Life Academy of Health and Bioscience, uh, it's kind of like the students and how they worked with their counselors four times a week for 45 minutes each time. There was no room for not being accountable as a student. And so looking at it in in a peer accountability group, if you're having weekly meetings, you're giving yourself a platform to be reviewed and to review your friends as well. So looking at all of this, I'm just trying to figure out how can we tie it all together? What can we, what can we draw from all this?
1: Let me tell you, Keaton, if you want to reach 95% effectiveness on your goals, set up that accountability appointment. And that's something that I think we at Strictly Business have done with our weekly meetings. Accountability is much easier when practiced alongside others. So just getting in an accountability group, I can't reiterate how many people have been like, dude, just get in an accountability group. Like if you're having a hard time being around your friends and then setting up that accountability appointment is huge. It helps so much. And the last year has been drastically improved for me because of that.
2: That's right. Over the last year, the three of us at Strictly Business have achieved some really awesome growth. And we're hoping to see some similar results in our guest grinders that we're having throughout the duration of season
3: four.
0: I I still have kind of trouble or like ish, not issue but like have trouble like implementing the goal mindset. But um I I think like the idea of having goals helped me reach that conclusion of like kind of being like oh certain habits that I can have uh, at least for this past week that kind of was like a new thing for me. So I think without that goal implementation I um maybe wouldn't have quite reached this little little uh habit breakthrough
3: this is another way that I can show myself like look man I'm moving towards it you know like don't get too scared (laughs) you know like you're the master of your life. You're the only one who decides whether these things happen and you're making the right decisions towards those goals. So that provides me a lot of peace and a lot of self-esteem when, I, when I'm when i working towards and achieving these goals.
4: I don't like failing people. That's my other thing. I If it's just me, if I'm failing me, like that sucks, but it's when I fail other people that, I'm, oh no, I have to do better. So I think that's the other thing about having an accountability group that I think is great
0: group accountability is an act of symbiosis, which I think is an important note is like one member can't thrive without the others. You know, an accountability group is really a team effort. Like, sure, I'm in it for the benefits of myself, but I'm also a part of it for the benefit of Jacob and Keaton in this case. Like without accountability, we're all going to be less likely to complete our goals. And so just by being here and being a part of the, the group, we're helping the other members of the accountability group. Accountability is is constant rebalancing, review, and improvement. As I mentioned earlier, like having the perspectives of the other members of the accountability group will allow you to maybe see things in, in certain ways. You know, we've stolen plenty of goals from each other, um, <laughs> as well as offered, you know, maybe thoughts or opinions on how a goal could be improved. Uh, and so goal refining couldn't have been done nearly as as effectively without our accountability group.
2: So a good way of thinking about this is, you know, while in business, a manager would typically conduct these processes. Within the peer accountability realm, each member is actually viewed as a manager. We're all managing ourselves and each other.
1: Wait, so you're saying in business, there's a manager, but in strictly business, everyone is a manager?
2: Yeah, everybody is a manager. And maybe that doesn't feel special, but trust me it is because we're, we're on we're on to we found a golden goose everybody so wow I hear Ben's music
1: <laughs> you know what that means yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the next steps right now because you we just talked your ear off for 30 minutes here or so and you're probably wondering what's next
2: what's next well let me tell you Jacob I got four things for you. Number one, start an accountability group. Just do it. It's seriously one of the biggest favors you can do for yourself right now or this year. It's true. Number two, create a social contract with your friends. Figure out who those friends are and work with them to create a system that works for the group as a whole and equally benefits you as an individual. Number three. If this is if this is more your speed, feel free to try apps like Stick, S-T-I-C-K-K, and uh, an app called Things. These are accountability apps that actually allow you to sign contracts, monetary or otherwise, with your friends to really step up step up the game and kick it into eighth gear. Now, number four. Whoa, who put this here? <laughs> Ra- raise your hand right now if you want to accept James, James- Clear. James Clear is your Lord and Savior.
1: Yeah, JC for short. So My hands up.
2: Um thanks for listening everybody and uh feel free to reach out if you have any questions. <laughs> Grind on. Grind on.
3: Problems go running from me. Escalate, elevate, conscious funny. Success keeps finding ways to run from, run from me. Run from me. Run from me. Tag it, that was funny. That was funny.
0: That was funny. Only oh, been running for a minute now. And I've been thinking about forever. Got to level up,
3: see what's up. Break it up. Gotta do it.